Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. Welcome back to another episode of iPad Pros. This is the last episode for the year, for 2021. And I thought what better way to finish up the year is for me to bring on my friend Matt Birchler and for us to just look back at the year of 2021 from an entertainment perspective. So this is just a non-iPad-focused episode all about all of the fun entertainment we enjoyed throughout the year, whether it be music, movies, TV shows, video games. We talk about our journey in trying to hunt down and get the PS5. So a lot of fun stuff to chat about in this hour-and-a-half episode of entertainment in 2021. The episode ends... And I do uh, preface it before we get into spoilers. The last 10 minutes or so is spoilers for Matrix Resurrections, which I watched just um, minutes before we started recording. So that's kind of how this episode ends. And the next episode, uh, the first episode for next year, is going to be a really in-depth conversation about Playgrounds 4, which is the brand new app for iPad that allows you to write and submit apps for iPad and iPhone directly from your iPad. So some exciting stuff coming in 2022. But I thought, yeah, let's end this year in a fun way, just talking about entertainment from this year. Hope you enjoy it. I just want to remind everyone that you can now financially support iPad Pros in two different places. First off, patreon.com slash iPad Pros. Get episodes early and with embedded MP3 chapter markers by supporting the podcast at any tier. Bonus content is also available at the higher tiers. You can also now subscribe to iPad Pros in Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts is an all-inclusive single subscription. You'll get all of the bonus content plus episodes early by subscribing to the show in Apple Podcasts. By default, subscriptions are monthly, but if you go into your subscription settings in the Settings app, you can switch it to a yearly plan. My thanks to everyone that currently or has in the past supported the podcast financially. This podcast is not a quick one to produce, and your support is greatly, greatly appreciated. You can also support the podcast for free simply by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. No matter your region, it really does help. The reviews help send the right signals to Apple to show this podcast more in search, helping others discover the show. If you have a minute today, I'd really appreciate you opening up the podcast app and leaving a review. My thanks to everyone that has already done that. With that, here's my conversation with Matt. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast, Matt. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So Year-end episode. Year-end episode. A bit different of an episode. We're not talking about iPad stuff, uh, really. <sighs> um, we're just talking about entertainment in 2021. Kind of a fun, just relax end of the year. Let's just kind of... I was going over kind of what I've been listening to and watching and playing this year. And thought it'd be fun to just kind of just reflect on the year that was uh, as far as just leisure time. Yeah. Enjoyment. You've got a lot of us have some leisure time right now. We got to fill it up with stuff. So I'm, I'm I'd, I'd love to talk about some of the things that I, I I enjoyed this past year. It's gonna be great. Cool. So uh, I think let's start with TV shows. Um, Ooh. Okay. So this was the year Marvel decided to make TV shows for real. I should say um, we had that other stuff on Netflix. And Shots at the Mandalorian. Year. Man. Okay. Mandalorian <laughs> is Star Wars. Okay, fair, fair. Yeah, They're all under Disney. I, I get we're, confused. And we're eagerly <laughs> waiting a uh, Boba Fett show, which I can't wait for that to drop. I think that's Christmas Day. Is that right? Oh, is it? I'm, I'm, I feel like their advertising has been very vague as to like when exactly it's coming out. I, I, yeah, it's very soon. I'm very excited for that. Okay. Because 
I, I just love Mandalorian and Star Wars and the live action stuff, especially. It's been really good. But uh, we finally got Marvel in 2021. And all the shows have been super well done, I thought. Um, some better than others. I have not seen Hawkeye Episode 6 yet. I'll be watching that soon. Um, well, have you been enjoying most of the Marvel shows, or has it been kind of hit or miss for you? Um, I've only watched two of them, but they both hit. Um, so I watched WandaVision, and I loved WandaVision. I loved like yeah. the first half of WandaVision especially, uh, when I was like, oh, this isn't a Marvel show at all. <laughs> this is like <laughs> something totally different. Yeah. Um, and so I really enjoyed that. And then uh, Loki was the other one that I watched, and I really liked Loki. Loki was a, a lot of fun. Too. Yeah, yeah. But I missed I missed all the other ones. But those two are the ones that really piqued my interest, and they both I thought hit really well this year. Um, Falcon was the one that didn't hit as much for me. I enjoyed most of it, but um, yeah, other than that, um, Hawkeye's just been enjoyable. I love that it's like set in Christmas time, which is fun this time of year to watch a show that's like embraces Christmas in a, in a way. Yeah, that that's the one that I want to see. The 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 Falcon and Winter Soldier one or whatever, I'm not dying to see, but like people keep talking about Hawkeye. Yeah. So I, I I'm I got I gotta watch it sometime this this winter break. It's been it's been cool to just see like Marvel TV and a lot of these, like Loki and uh, Hawkeye, they seem like just expanded movies. Like this is the true like director's cut Peter Jackson style. Let's let's do some character development on these kind of things you wouldn't otherwise get a movie about. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I kind of like how they're they're able to focus more just on because one of the things that I don't love about the like Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff is like at some point, and I think they kind of get better at this, but like at some point, like every movie was just an Avengers movie. Yeah, like Captain America: Civil End War of the is world, the one that comes to mind. Everything's uh, yeah, world's gonna end if and you don't save this. Thing. It's like this is the Captain America movie, but like Iron Man is here and Spider Man is here and everyone is here, and it's like yeah. okay you have like the Avengers movies for those, but like, let's focus on the characters in this one and do like weird stuff with them. That's unique to them. Right. I thought the, the Loki one and the one division one, like, like really leaned into that. Um, so that I really, really appreciate Like they touched on the other, other stuff in the wider universe and everything, but yeah. they really kind of explored those characters in a better way than I think the movies have been able to. Yeah, very much so. And uh bad batch. I did watch all that. That was enjoyable. If you're clone Wars, star Wars fan, um, it no okay, no. <laughs> but yeah, I no, got I into tried. Clone Wars a while back, and it just it, it makes you appreciate the prequels in a cool way. And the Bad Batch, um, some of that it was a long season, and like it was not that extended movie type thing. It was more of a TV show, and mm-hmm. uh, it had some cool like some episodes were like connecting some Star Wars worlds, which were like oh my god level type things, and others were just like okay, this is fun, fun, fun little appointment. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's that's one of those things that's like everybody. There's definitely a, a group of people that I see like online who are always excited about it and are like, this is like the greatest thing. I can't believe it's back. It, 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 ever, did you see this new one? It's so great. Um, and I just haven't jumped into that world myself. Well, my favorite things I experienced was a like Revenge of the Sith master cut where it like, because uh, a lot of the, the Clone Wars and stuff, uh, the the newer ones, it there's a, there's a set of episodes where it'll cut in between revenge of the sith and clone wars in the same episode doing animated like things that are parallel to that movie and there's mm. this really phenomenal cut that like Ooh, makes okay. it just it's just on, on fire it's good yeah. okay okay you got to appreciate a really well done cut <laughs> yeah it's fun that like the the fan like edits can be a lot of fun sometimes with that stuff i, I remember okay. Back in the day when Avengers was still new, I did this uh, chronological edit of phase one of Avengers that was like (laughs) 
six or seven hours long. I was like going <laughs> back and forth between all the movies. And I don't know how enjoyable it was to oh, watch, God. but it was a fun little project <laughs> to do. Yeah, that's it's so daunting. I don't even know. My brain's struggling to wrap its head around it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, any TV shows that stuck out to you this year? Yeah, so... I think there's two shows really stuck out to me. I like the, those Marvel shows, um, but two really kind of got their hooks in me. Uh, the first one is Midnight Mass, okay, which is a uh, it's a mini series. Uh, it was on Netflix from the creator of The Haunting at Hill House, yeah, yeah, from a couple years ago, and it's it's a little campy, but it's so. It was so so good, and was like de- dealt with really heavy issues of like mortality and <laughs> what happens and like all that, like all that stuff. But like, it's the story of a really 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 small town on an island, like in like New England, just off the coast, and um, a new like preacher comes to town for like the one church they have, and things get weird um okay. is all i will say without spoiling things but it really grabbed me and was like it was one of those shows where um just while i was watching it was like the only thing that i wanted to whenever i had to like free time it's like do i have an hour i'm gonna watch that like yeah. that was it like do i have an hour before work i'm gonna watch it now because <laughs> that's <laughs> all i wanted to fill my time with yeah. so i really really recommend it i didn't i feel like it, it didn't get as much attention as the haunting of hill house did like i think that hit like really hard oh yeah we um, watched when, that when it did our, our household um yeah, yeah, I had not heard of that one, so I'll have to check that out. It's so good. It's so, so good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, another one I'll mention from Disney+, Plus, and this is um, perhaps aimed towards children. Uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers was super uh, enjoyable. As a longtime Mighty Ducks fan, we okay. get Goran Bombay back as this kind of older, kind of, sh- you know... Um, Scrooge-ish kind of like down on things character that's uh, you know he, he shifts throughout the series to be a little bit more uh, jovial um uh stars uh one of stars the mom from Gilmore Girls Laura Gra- Graham I think is her name Laura Graham yeah, yeah. okay um just like it's a it's a just a fun like hockey it's like it has those good vibes of the Mighty Ducks uh back mm-hmm. in the movies and Okay. I don't know. Part nostalgia, but I think it was just really well done as well. So, um, okay, yeah, I didn't, I had not even heard of that one. So. Yeah, it's like a ten episode series. Uh, I, th- I hope they they do another season because I thought that was really well done. Um, okay, yeah, just kind of like a feel good sort of show. Just yeah, feel good yeah. sort of show. Some cool cameos uh, that just like just put a smile okay. on your face. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, super good. Those those are, there's nothing wrong with those. Right. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> what else for you? Okay. Um the other one that really hooked me and this is uh this one's definitely more cliche maybe, but I I I, I, I don't know if I heard anyone talking about it, but it just kind of came on my radar. Um is Formula 1 Drive to Survive. Okay. Which is like a, it's a documentary series. Um they started in after the 2018 season and they did the 2019 and 2020 seasons and there's going to be one for this year. Um, but they basically just have film crews and interviews with all the F1 teams as they go through the season. And it's unbelievably addicting. <laughs> it's so... Are like, you I had no an F1 no. fan? Or is this like... No. Never watched a second of it. Didn't know who Lewis Hamilton was. Like, apparently he's just blowing the doors off like all the records and the like and i had no idea what was happening yeah um had no idea and didn't care at all but like i heard like like one or two people mention it that it was like 
really good and got them into it. And by the end of the like, like I, I marathoned all three seasons that are out. Netflix. Um, I finished it. It's on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. So finished it like right before the last couple races of the season. And so like in the championship race, I'm like in my living room at like 7 a.m. cheering for yeah. <laughs> someone that I didn't even know existed five months ago. That's awesome. <laughs> so hugely recommended if you don't know anything about Formula One or even if you do, I suppose. But um, it's just really it, they do really good storytelling. They find like the interesting like human aspects of it and really yeah. lean into it which is really great. And like, it teaches you like about the, the, the sport, I guess. And in ways that I didn't really understand before. And it really made me appreciate just kind of all the stuff that's going on there. It's, it's so much more than I realized. That's cool. I wish more sports had this kind of like documentary. Like, cause I, I don't care about, I'm not a sports guy in general. Like I mentioned the Mighty mm-hmm. Ducks. I like that. I don't watch hockey. <laughs> I like good, like stories around sports. So I wish like mm-hmm. that was more of a thing, like documentary store sports that are kind of concurrent with seasons. That could, that could be an interesting yeah. future for like, if players were open to it. Ab- absolutely. Like apparently the NFL does this where they do like, they have a, a similar thing where they have a crew following, but it's only one team and it's like during training camp or something. It's not yeah. like the full season. It's not into the depth of this. Um, I would watch every sport I'm not interested in. Like this is how I want to consume it. Kind of like <laughs> this is so great. Reality TV for sports, almost not really, because this is more yeah. realistic. I don't know, realistic. They're not putting. Yeah, yeah. Up, I don't. I, I don't. It, it's kind of it's reality TV vibes where you have like them like filming the stuff and then they have sit down interviews and they kind of intercut and like create yeah. stories there. But like, I certainly hope the crew isn't like <laughs> puncturing <laughs> tires and stuff and like right. <laughs> creating drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They kind of just go with it, but yeah, it's it's really really good. I I I cannot recommend it enough. I I would predict if you watch one episode, you'll know immediately if this is something for you or not. That's cool. But uh, yeah, totally is on, on Netflix, so easy to see. I want to draw attention to the fact that the TV app is like silently awesome. Um, be, like so, Dexter New Blood is the next show I want to talk about. I didn't know okay. this thing was a thing until I opened the TV app one day and said here's some like new shows that people are watching and like there's Dexter. I love Dexter. Dexter was like <laughs> 10 years ago. I've watched mm-hmm. all eight seasons. I'm rewatching the old ones now just to re- refresh my memory. Oh, and nice. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm in season six. I've been binging through all the Dexters <laughs> concurrently to watching this new show, Dexter new blood and Dexter new blood is super well done. And just like Dexter's back. And I think it's just this one season. I hope they do more because it's Mm -hmm. um it's dexter but new like it's not the same exact show it's like tackling different themes and different issues of um you know his son harrison shows up in the very first episode and it's it's dexter Um, being a father to this teenage kid and there's a lot you know it's okay it's 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 enjoyable i'm did you watch the original series at all I did. I did. Um, all I all I can guess for the new series is that he's worried about uh, what is it? The Dark Passenger, um, yes. <laughs> uh, and his son, and <laughs> yeah, making sure that doesn't pass down the bloodline or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yep. Very much so. Um, and Deb Deborah is his like conscience instead of conscious instead of uh, Harry. Uh, instead, it's okay. him and Deb talking, and that's a really cool chemistry there. Okay. Gotcha. And a cool trend I've noticed with TV shows are the podcasts. And there's a podcast that airs on Tuesday. The show's on Sunday at midnight. You can watch it. 
And then on Tuesday, this podcast airs with the showrunner, Clyde Phillips, I think, hosts it. And he has on okay. cast and crew interviewing writers and stuff, breaking down the episode. They're like an hour long. And, mm-hmm. and Foundation did this as well. Like, yeah. It's a theme. Like, I just, this is not a thing we had like uh, a couple of years ago where there's these like great podcasts that are official that are breaking this stuff down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I totally, I, I, I haven't watched the De- Dexter series, um, the new one. Yeah. Uh, but I did, I started watching Foundation and the podcast was like, yeah, I enjoyed the podcast more than Foundation. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think it's great. Like there's these shows that have just cropped up over the past couple of years of like, just like fans doing it. Right. Yeah. It's like there's. Seinfeld uh, has a really great one. Signcast. I've been re-listening okay. to. The Signcast. All right. Yeah, I've been listening to that. <laughs> uh, I. I haven't been. Wa- I I binged through all of Seinfeld at some point during this year. I got on the Seinfeld as well, okay. and that one's super well done from fans. And the gotcha. stuff they get into is just amazing. Like all these character, all these actors that play multiple characters that are just these side parts throughout the whatever nine seasons. It's mm-hmm. remarkable some of the stuff they dig up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've also yeah, been so- loving curb your enthusiasm latest season is is all, uh, just about wrapped up and i'm a fan of seinfeld love larry david <laughs> he does some wacky stuff over there um nice yeah I, I had to point out one very just uh technically weird thing on one of the episodes where there's like this you know 30 foot usb or 30 foot like lightning cord up on the roof or whatever um repairman's like cleaning stuff uh, on the roof uh fixing stuff and Leon barges in and asks, uh, charges iPhone with uh, Larry's iPad Pro's cable, which is a USB C cord. That because uh, Leon's like <laughs> wanting to charge. It's like they don't they don't bring that up. I just thought like no, this isn't even oh, okay. This won't okay. Even work I, was, with your phone. I was like, do do they have a port based joke on <laughs> like Apple's port ecosystem joke? I don't know. If that's, <laughs> I think it was overlooked and like i don't know if that was just like a oversight of like mm-hmm. larry should just said this won't even work with your thing uh-huh yeah but anyways <laughs> i just had to comment on that one yeah that's i'm i'm glad we could share it here that's the sort of thing where your your spouse may not care but but we care yes yeah <laughs> that's we you noticed <laughs> yeah um hulu's had some great stuff this year dope sick kind of depressing but super well good with like michael keaton and stuff about the opioid uh epidemic Hmm. um okay like the sackler family and all this shady stuff they've done it's like it it dramatizes that with some really great actors and actresses uh that do phenomenal work um showcasing that story okay it's like that sounds good episodes super good I, I got super addicted to that show when that was okay. Uh, Nine Perfect Strangers is the other one on Hulu that I thought was uh, ooh really okay. Good. I've been intrigued by this one. Nicole Kidman, I think. Yeah, Nicole Kidman, a bunch of other people. Basically, these people go to this resort that Nicole Kidman runs, and she uses these like mind altering drugs, and they have this experience, and there's a lot of connections to these people that we don't know about from the beginning. It's it's good. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, that's on my list. It's been just like perpetually on my on my queue of things to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. think I just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, nice. You, you mentioned Hulu. Um, uh, another show I think it's on Hulu uh, that I didn't think I would enjoy, but enough people recommended uh, was Dairy Girls. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've seen 
the older ones um okay of that. i don't think there was a new season this year but i got into it this year um but it doesn't matter if you haven't seen it you should watch it i think yeah uh, it really is especially a couple episodes in you become really attached to the characters it's a comedy um it's in ireland it's it i don't i can't really explain it but it's it's very very good <laughs> I, rec- I would recommend it yeah to everyone. i got into it because my sister-in-law lives in ireland and she came back one time and said hey watch this yeah we watched it it's like oh this is good yeah (laughs) nice yeah absolute an absolute good time um the sort of one where the the thing comes up at the end and it's like next episode in three two one you're like just just play it (laughs) yeah uh apple tv their their content's great like i don't know morning show foundation uh ted lasso like they've just been on a roll for all mankind i think was the latest season this year i think it was earlier this year i think I think it might have been very early this year. Yeah. yeah. Like they've just, I, I, I give stuff a shot on Apple TV plus, even if I don't think I might not like it. Cause like, it seems like their quality is like a HBO of old kind of, it seems like th- their stuff's good. Yeah. Um, <sighs> um, I think Apple TV makes really high quality content that I don't want to watch. Aww, that's really sad. <laughs> they make really good. I, I, I'm totally with you. Like it, the, yeah. pr- their production values are good. They hire good people who do good work. Like the Mythic Quest, I adored. Um, yeah, yeah. No? I don't stop it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh wow. I don't know. I, I'm. I think. I was I was definitely critical of Apple TV Plus when it launched. Like I didn't think their launch lineup was good, but it's definitely gotten way way better um, yeah. over time. Like, and they're a serious player right now. Like they've done a ton of stuff to get really good stuff on there. Um, it just doesn't land with me. Yeah, <laughs> and I will say I love that Apple TV is like an app because like that means all my iTunes purchases, like the eight hundred whatever plus movies I've bought <laughs> since that store was launched, is on mm-hmm. like my PS five. And that means I can watch all those movies in VR, which is a cool experience. If you oh, I suppose you could. Yeah. Huh. So like, <laughs> um, we'll talk about movies later, but that's how I watched the James Bond movie is in VR through a rental on Apple TV. And then in, in that app, you can do it there. That was pretty sweet. I didn't yeah. even consider that angle. But yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, th- I think the Apple TV app is underrated. I think it's it's pretty darn good. Yeah. If Netflix was in there too, which I know isn't Apple's fault, but uh, if that was in there too, that would be just... It's- I watch so much less Netflix because the app's not a part of that. And like, it just reminds me of the shows I'm watching and like, oh, mm-hmm. catch the latest episode of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ha- yeah. Hacks is another show I've been really enjoying this year. That was on HBO. Kind of a young, a younger, someone young in their career kind of screws up and gets kind of like blacklisted from work, joins <laughs> up with this old um, comedian that is kind of at the end of her career and some interesting drama ensues it's like a comedy um set in vegas really good okay. and like I, i've shown the show to a couple people that are like varying ages and they've all like clicked with it um yeah it's a good sign yeah i've heard good things about that one too just haven't haven't made the time um any other tv show um not from me i don't think okay i've got any that really stood out i've got a couple uh things for music uh to mention uh, from this year do you have anything in that uh, category um, I do. I'm very bad at discussing why I like music, but yeah, I'm happy to thing, right? yeah. attempt it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, for music, what, what do you got? Um, so if I go just based on like amount of time listened, based on my Apple Music stats, uh, my top album of the year was Grapefruit Season by James Vincent McMurrow, okay. uh, which is kind of like a, it's a pop album. 
um, kind of electric e pop. It's mostly just pop. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a fun fun album. Um, I've liked J- James and McMurrow for quite a while. Uh, he used to sound very much like Bon Iver, um, okay. and then kind of shifted. He's more, I'd say, closer to James Blake, but not quite. Um, as yeah. uh, strange as James Blake can get, <laughs> um, but yeah, just I, I I really really like him, and uh, a couple of the songs just really are just like ones I keep listening to over and over again. So that was probably my album uh, of the year, just based on how much I kind of just play, uh, played it all year long. Yeah. So this year we got spatial audio uh, for music, and that's been pretty cool just to experience um, on the AirPods Max, uh, as uh, we both have now. <laughs> <laughs> yep uh i still blame you for that i yeah, don't know how many yeah. times i have to blame you but it's it's every time like uh, <laughs> i'm on the yeah. show and like a uh, surprising avenue for spatial audio not so surprising i should look at in retrospect are movie soundtracks which are already mixed in 5.1 or in dolby atmos for the movies probably and mm-hmm. a lot of those are popping up in cool ways um like hamilton's one that came up uh star wars rise of skywalker has a spatial audio mix and that's been fun to experience john williams in that way okay yeah but um the album that just came out this year and just shocked me and surprised me <laughs> is a love supreme had a live recording in seattle and so john coltrane my favorite um probably musician of all time my favorite part of his career was like love supreme to when he died um it was like 63 to 67 so he had like around a five five year run or so of when he started to get more abstract and kind of like um kind of free jazz space where You'd have a performance of like my favorite things, and it'd be the sixty-minute performance of that one song, and just riffing and experimentation, and just it's kind of transcendental moments, transcendent moments where you're just like in a different space. You can just like, and I put a candle on and just be zoning out and meditating <laughs> to Coltrane for an hour. And, okay, um, it's almost like a spiritual like connection with music, and like the way it connects with me, just. It's not that that phase of his music isn't great for like background listening, but it's like your focused listening time where you're just like focused on that. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing that I realized with this release is like he must have been performing a hell of a lot more than we got recordings from. Like these days, if someone's performing, we're capturing that and releasing it in some avenue. Like mm-hmm. Mark Arment, uh, you know, is fish fish guy, and every every concert is released, right? Yep. Back yeah. then, we didn't have that. We got like a few tidbits and tastings of like some of the live stuff, and the live stuff is some of the most special stuff out there. And mm-hmm. um, he didn't do many performances of Love Supreme, I guess, live. This was one of them. The other one I had uh, already was from in France. Um, so this one's from Seattle, and uh, so it was captured October second, nineteen sixty-five, and evidently it was recorded by. Joe Brazil, just a saxophonist that was in the audience, I guess, with a recorder. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. It sounds remarkably good. Like they clean, cleaned it up or whatever. But I just love this, like, people discovering culture and recordings, like some, like, huh. 65. What is that? Like 50 plus. How long has it been? It's been a while. And people just discovering, like, music. Like, yeah. I love that fact that, like, and there's been like two or three others over the past few years that people just like found in a basement mm-hmm. somewhere of like culture. Yeah, well, that's kind of like the the thing with the that Beatles documentary Get Back. Yeah, that just came out. It's like we had all this film of them like creating 
an album in a couple of weeks and like yeah. we no we just we just didn't do anything with it well <laughs> like I what guess, right, we didn't have the technology to like fully realize it like the amount of cleanup i heard was done to that is just wrong like um, something I yeah. heard is I forget who was doing this, but they were like obscuring their mics by like tapping and stuff, and they used some kind of computers to like clean it up, get rid of the tapping on the, yeah. the mics, so they have crystal clear audio, and mm-hmm. like their conversations are out there, and and they intended it to be <laughs> covered up by the guitar or whatever. And, yeah. yeah. Well, I there, I I didn't watch all of it, but I watched some of it. I don't, not not to go back to TV, but like yeah. there was like uh, like there's like a line at some point one of them was like uh we're we're playing the guitar so that you can't hear what we're saying. <laughs> yes. And now 55 years later or whatever many years later this is um we're just like using an AI tool to remove the the music yeah. and we can hear you crystal clear. <laughs> yeah. And it was recorded in a format that just would look terrible if you tried to watch it today. So, like, the conversion process, like, I, I love Peter, like, Peter Jackson. I, I love his films. Like, I've watched them all from Bad Taste, Meet the Feebles, all his old stuff to, you know, the newer stuff, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings and stuff. But um, he's on a documentary kick. Like, he did one, a World War One documentary that yep. I saw in theaters, which is a powerful experience where he colorized it and, like, put audio mm-hmm. to it. Like, it, that was super awesome. And then Beatles, I'm curious what he's up to next like he's on this like interesting kick which he's really good at yeah i really i i like uh i like when artists do that where they kind of just like do a thing that's like remarkably successful and then they can just work on their passion projects like daniel radcliffe from harry potter is when it comes to mind too like he doesn't do major films he does like all passion projects now and it's great (laughs) yeah and then uh adele released an album to my surprise this year which was quite good and heartfelt, as they always are. And uh, sure, classic yeah. Adele. <laughs> yeah. So, just had to mention that. Yeah, that's yeah. what I have for music. Yeah, I, I don't have much more uh, details to share, but uh, I really like the albums from Bleachers this year. That's Jack Antonoff's band. Um, uh, Jack Antonoff like produces a ton of pop music, um, but he's got his own project called Bleachers. It's great. Um, the New Church's record was al- was great. Um, Holly Humberstone released an EP this year um, and is the only thing I've ever, the only spatial audio thing I've ever listened to. I'm like, oh, this is better than stereo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I really, really like that. Um, But yeah, those are some of the ones that really stood out to me um, outside of like Olivia Rodrigo had a good album. Kanye West had a good album. Um, You know, a lot of the big names, of course, kind of. Oh, delivered. <laughs> I should mention, besides the live recording of Love Supreme, Love Supreme also got remastered with special <laughs> audio this year, and that is a delightful experience, I must say. Nice. Um, kind of Blue also got mastered in spatial audio, um, okay. which is uh, another really good experience because you're seeing these, hearing these instruments, like kind of, you're able to more clearly hear these instruments versus the mm-hmm. stereo mix, you know. Um, yeah, it kind of reminds me, like I had a SACD player in high school that my dad got me with the surround sound setup. And I got a taste of this back then, and those were some really powerful mixes, some of those. And, like, in the right setup and context, it's cool. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, this, The spatial audio has really kind of fleshed out some of these things. It's ruined some other things, but it's fleshed out yes. some other <laughs> some stuff. Yeah. Like, when it's done well, it can be really cool. When it's done poorly, a lot of, like, the old, like, a lot of, like, pop punk was converted to it from, like, when I was a teenager and stuff. Yeah. and it's 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 quite bad yeah <laughs> but um but when when it's done well it's really cool um and yeah just like getting a, a nice set of speakers or headphones or stuff really helps you appreciate these things i was literally listening listening to uh daft punk's random access memories today again and on the airpods max and just like i've never heard them at this like high quality and it's 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 a 
I'm just noticing new things, even though I've listened to that a million times. Yeah. So that's always really nice. And uh, back to the Get Back uh, documentary, uh, I heard that... So they had, like I think, a mono source to deal with, and they somehow used crazy technology over at Weta um, to mm-hmm. like <laughs> isolate each instrument to be able to mix it to you know be the experience it is and ah, that stuff just blows my mind with the it's yeah wild. it's it's insane <laughs> yeah. so um video games are a thing and i do oh, most yes. of my gaming on um consoles uh, mm-hmm. and uh, nintendo switch and ps uh four and now five are my consoles congratulations thank you thank you it's quite the journey <laughs> to get that thing i also got an oled switch this year and that was remarkably easy so um, first, <laughs> I just want to recap kind of the journey of getting these consoles. Um, so OLED Switch, yeah. I uh, just had Twitter alerts on and Target popped up, uh, just put order, came. No stress. Very easy. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> PS5. <laughs> the uh, that's another story. Um, so I didn't even try last year in whatever October when it launched, November. So it's like, okay, I'll, I'll get it for my birthday in June. I figure June, safe bet, you know. You'll this be able will to all blow it. over by June. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> June comes the around. Hope of December 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh, June comes around. It's a, it's a craft show. Once a, it's still, it's, it seems to be getting harder and harder, not easier and easier. It seems like it almost felt like it was the easiest time to buy it right if you were there on the pre-order date in september what october and after that it was just bot city and yeah it was just impossible to that point yes 100 percent. and uh so i kept so i turned twitter alerts on in like april and from april through like october my phone would get so many notifications of these ps5 <laughs> going up and instantly i'd jump on my phone hit the button and i just never never went through i had my car charged uh at one place like four or five times and then canceled immediately uh. um, and it was quite just a journey to try to get mine and i i gave up matt i gave up uh in like october or november when the family member said would you like the ps5 on your christmas list it's like absolutely so I stopped looking, sure. and yeah. at that point, just like, okay, we'll see what happens. And then after that happened, uh, I get an email from Sony saying, you've been invited to a special drop where you'll, you'll, you're will you able to purchase one. It's like, okay. Okay, so I'm going to do this because maybe my family members are going to struggle as much as I did, most likely. <laughs> and uh, it was the easiest thing in the world. I showed up at the time with that special link. I was able mm-hmm. to get my digital edition, the PS5, which is the one I wanted because I used the disk drive my ps4 maybe twice in its entire life um Mm -hmm. and i thought visually the digital edition kind of looked better and more designed to be that way not this like hump coming off of it yeah very Um, it's more symmetrical yeah yeah. even though like i thought no maybe i want the 4k uhd blu-rays one day but uh yeah yeah that's that that was that was cost of mind it's like yeah (laughs) uh, maybe i get xbox series s for that i don't know um so uh, I don't have an Xbox, by the way, yet. Um, but I finally got one. And, oh, my God, what a relief. Because <laughs> I'm loving this thing. So that, that's my journey of getting the PS5. Uh, only took most of the year of constant Twitter alerts to do it. And in the yeah. end, the Twitter alerts didn't do anything. I just had to wait for Sony to just tell me. <laughs> I could buy from them. And I kind of wish um, Sony did more of that. Like, 
or at the very least, like tell these companies to stop bundling the PS5, and that's the only way you, they're Ugh. being sold right now, basically, outside yeah. of Walmart. Uh, yeah. yeah. So what's your journey, Matt, 5 uh, ownership? So very similar to you. Um, I knew it was going to be difficult, and I didn't really need it last year when it came out, so I didn't even try. I just kind of lived vicariously. Yeah, because most of the games were cross-platform. You can play on a PS4. They look good still, right? Sure, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and yeah, I, I just like... For just, I was like, I, it's fine. I don't need it right now. Um, the the benchmark I set for myself was a little later than yours. It was yeah. August because um, I buy the new Madden every year. I hate mm-hmm. it most years, but I do buy it every year because yeah. I want to play it. Um, but I was like, by August, obviously they'll be in stock. <laughs> right. It'll be easy. Um, yeah, uh, I should not. put this in context. For the PS4 and Xbox One came out in November. In June or July, at that time, I managed to get both of those systems heavily marked down because <laughs> that's what the world was like back then. Like I had this Target deal, and I had like a hundred bucks off both of the consoles, mm-hmm. and I, I sprang mm-hmm. for it. Yep, not the case anymore. Not not now. Nope, different world. So at, at some point in the summer, I was like, okay, I I want to jump on board. I want to get one. Uh, it's it's time. So. I started kind of looking for them, kind of did the same thing you did, where I found like these Twitter accounts that I can follow. Like I got it, I got so deep that I switched my to-do app from things to Todoist because I could have Zapier set up so that whenever one of those uh, like Twitter accounts tweeted, it created a task for me in Todoist to check that immediately, <laughs> <laughs> and then I would like mark it off as done. And then like, and I was like clicking these things. I had like an order at Walmart in um, September. I think mm-hmm. I had I got an order in at Walmart um, on their website. They said, we'll ship it in three weeks. And I was like, great. That's totally yeah. fine. I'll take it in three weeks. I kind of wish we could just place an order today and ship it in a year when it's ready kind of thing. Yeah. Like, just like, make, let that. me stop thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, tragically, three weeks go by. Um, the delivery date is like September 16th or whatever. And on the 16th, I get an email from Walmart that says, hey, your order's delayed. And I was like, okay, I kind of guessed that because it hasn't shipped yet. And then the next morning, I get an email that says, hey, we canceled your order. <sighs> okay, <laughs> so I'm back on. I'm back on it. I'm like trying to figure it out. I'm doing the same thing. Like I'm, I'm befriending scalpers on Twitter <laughs> and like DMing with them. Like I don't actually want to buy it from them, but I want to like, kind of figure out how do you how do this? um how yeah how how do you because there, there's this one guy I I forget his name right now um but I who like I talk to like re- relatively regularly and he's like every time one goes up I'm able to get one I'm like how I, the site always crashes I get through like to like a captcha sort of thing that I just can't get past or like it has me done press it, do it like, over and over and over again yeah the walmart thing press and hold this for 30 seconds <laughs> yeah and yeah. the thing where you have to like wait because you're in line but hey i'm at mm-hmm. work and i'm on my phone i can't spend like 20 minutes waiting <laughs> to see what this will refresh yeah yeah so long story short um in october of this year so just only like two months ago as we're recording this yeah. um that guy messaged me and i just happened to be at work in the office and open twitter real quick to just see what was going on um and i saw it a dm um and he's like hey gamestop is selling them for their members like you have to have like be part of their like power yeah. up club or whatever um and it's like 20 bucks a year and i was like Ugh. Okay, so I immediately signed up for the subscription. Right. The cookie on my on like my browser wasn't updating to like note that I was a member, so like the buy button was grayed out, and I was like opening different browsers to like try to get one that would work. Um, they were doing the bundles as well, so I had to buy like it with a like a year of PlayStation Plus and two games. I did want the two games, so it was kind of okay, but it was still more than the normal price. But yeah. I, I eventually bought it from GameStop with one of their stupid bundles, and yeah. I, now I get Game Informers delivered to my house every month. 
<laughs> but it's uh it, it worked and now i don't have to think about it it's no longer a point of stress but it was really i think the point where i set up the zapier automation to create tasks whenever an, a, a twitter account tweeted yeah. that hey they're available that i was like oh i don't want this to be my life <laughs> i oh. want to just get this done <laughs> oh god but that's that's kind of how it worked for me was uh it'll be fine then a little bit of desperation walmart telling me it would be okay and then telling me no we don't got you i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. and then just paying more than i wanted to for it but uh no longer have to worry and that's that's nice <laughs> what games that uh, came with your bundle um it came with ghost of tsushima mm-hmm. uh which i never played on ps4 so oh, cool. i'm actually that's in the middle one. of that right I, now i want to upgrade to the ultimate whatever with the dlc and stuff so yeah looks great <laughs> yeah um so it came with that one and then it came with nba 2k22 which honestly i have never even opened um i should probably just trade in to GameStop or something. Yeah, I wish with that you could just swap the game to a different game easily. I don't know. That's probably not a thing. Yeah, like one of the bundles came with Ratchet and Clank and some other game I didn't care about. This one came with Ghost of Tsushima and another game I didn't care about. And really, when you're buying a PS5 or an Xbox One, it's really whichever buy button works for yes. you. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally agree so that. I could have gone either way, but that's that's the buy button that yeah, functioned. Yeah. So. Cool. <laughs> And you were upgrading from a PS4 base or Pro, or is this your first PlayStation? Uh, PS4 Pro. PS4, PS4 Pro. Pro. Yeah. And uh, so my experience with PS4 Pro is my father-in-law one day asked me, um, he was watching TV. <laughs> I was remote playing. It's like, is that thing broken? Because the thing was <laughs> like a jet engine, right? And like, yeah. Uh, I said, no, it's just the fan to keep it cool. <laughs> like, it's, it's doing uh, its best. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would always feel bad about like remote playing if they're watching TV, especially I'd be in the basement sometimes remote playing and be like, um, oh, I can't yeah. do this, people. This is, this is just yeah. not nice. It's not stealthy at all. It's like, not, it... <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. yeah, that is honestly like the... I play a lot of PS4 games still on my PS5, but like it's dead silent and that makes such a difference. (laughs) And it's cool. I did an hour plus of Returnal the other night and I walk up and like feel all around the PlayStation 5 and Mm -hmm. it's like, it's not cold, but it's not hot. It's like just, it's like feels colder than my router kind of like, it's like impressive how cool (laughs) that thing runs. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of theorized the reason part of the reason they designed it to need to stand in both horizontal and vertical is because if you have a stand horizontally, that gives you more airflow underneath as well. That's probably great for cooling, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what the... I have the one with the disk drive, so yeah. it's a little different. Um, but for me, it, it's really bulbous, so it would just like rock back and forth if you didn't have the stand. It does put it on still on the digital one, too. It's designed okay. curved. Yeah. I want to look... Yeah, I got, haven't looked at what it looks like without the shells off, because that'd be just interesting, the innards. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I, I, I One day I'll eventually... Because it comes with a paltry, like... 680 gigs or something of accessible storage so yeah. like eventually I'll, I'll have to buy an m2 drive and pop it in there and find out on my christmas list is a two terabyte one i'm not sure if i'll get it yeah. this year. i really want two terabytes so because one at one terabyte i feel like i'll want to upgrade that at some point two feels comfy because that's like two point you know two and then the six because you get to keep the internal so yep it'll be two plus and mm-hmm. we say it's paltry but it, it is more than um PS4, I think, was like 500 to start, and then we got a terabyte with the with the pros. Yeah. So it is a yeah. bit more than we had at the beginning of the last gen, but everything else needs to be internally. I've got like a four terabyte external for my PS4 games. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yep, I've got a Samsung externals plugged in for my PS4 games now because yeah. I didn't have room for everything. It is remarkable, though, like playing those off the external versus let me move this to the internal. Uh, it's so much faster. Um, so whenever I want to play something mm-hmm. that is on that drive, mm-hmm. I'll just move it over, and that's a much okay. better experience. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a really good experience overall. I'm glad I'm finally able to have it, but it was a it was an adventure getting yes, there. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And uh, are you tempted by the new color shells and stuff for these? The purple or the blue? Or the... <laughs> no. <laughs> I, like I thought the about them. Like, yeah. 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 Like, if they had a black one, I think maybe they do have a black they one. They do have a black I might get now, that. Yeah. But, like, it's just a big freaking thing. It is. My <laughs> wife, like, uh, my wife didn't realize how big it was when she was, like... Saying yes, uh, you can buy this. She saw it's like kind of big. It's like yeah, yeah. I I like, I I told her it's well, it can be quiet now. (laughs) Yes, which is great. (laughs) Yeah, you remember that old one? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that that, that's the line to get. (laughs) I also I love the curvy weird design. It reminds me of the PS3 original, which I also thought was just beautiful. Mm. Like I love the weird Sony designs, like the big chunky. yeah, Yeah, I do like them more. Um, than the slim okay. generations. Yeah, Sony definitely has like they kind of go through phases, right? Like the PS4 is really angular and kind of yep. compact and everything. I think the PS4 was their best looking console, but yeah. um, the original PS4, not yeah, the yeah. slim or the pro. But um, and then this time they're just like, what if everything was curved and yeah. huge? <laughs> the one thing I think is a bummer is the uh, VR camera adapter thing. It appears the front USB port for whatever reason, isn't able to handle the camera. So you have to plug it in the mm. back, which is annoying because I don't want that plugged in all the time. I kind of plug it in when I play VR, so I have to get back there and plug it in. Oh, okay. Bit, bit, Fair enough. Bit obnoxious. Yeah. Do you have the VR stuff for PlayStation? I don't. Okay. I've actually never done VR ever. Okay. <laughs> it's it's fun yeah when vr2 comes out at some point next year you should check it out i'm sure i'll be um, frantically looking for places to buy that from as well yeah i'd imagine <laughs> it'll be easier to get vr2 because it's subsetted to only playstation 5 owners so sure. we'll see we'll see sure it'll um, be easy I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to that because like i'll watch movies in the more crappy display in the psvr1 which isn't mm-hmm. it's a good experience but you can tell it's not like 4k and each eye type thing yeah, having that like with a super high res display in each eye will be just that's gonna be how that's gonna be how I want to watch movies from here on out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, the games, what have you been playing? PS5 and this um, year in general. So uh, the games that have stood out to me uh, this year, I think Resident Evil Village was my game of the year. Yeah. Every couple years or every couple Resident Evils, I just fall in love with it. Like I'm, I just I like don't care about this one, don't care about that one, and then. Oh, this is one of my favorite games of all time. Yes. <laughs> like Resident Evil 4 stood out. The RE2 remake from a couple years ago stood out. And now Resident Evil Village um, stood out as well. I just love love the game. I love the new game plus. Like I almost never finish games. Mm-hmm. But like this one, I finished it. And there's a new game plus mode where you carry over all your upgrades and all your weapons and everything. And I'm like, yes, I would like to play through again and just wreck everything in the first like half so of the totally game. totally OP in the new game plus. Yeah, like just one shot taking down where wolves it's great <laughs> so that that one just like and it's just it's fun it kind of i guess along with the lines of like midnight mass it's a campy fun story it's just kind of like a horror roller coaster ride like a theme park i've heard some, some people describe it as like it, you're not going to be like scared out of your skin necessarily playing it okay um, although there's one bit that's a little like they get real creepy yeah um, but it's more like fun horror it's like ac- actually really type yeah. yeah 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 uh 
I get uh, very scared in some horror games. Uh, like I have a video mm-hmm. of me. I was playing PT, and I have a video of me just freak flipping the hell out. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. well, well P- that's, that's PT for you. That's PT. <laughs> it's a creepy game. Um, which you could probably only play on that PS, or I guess it's a PS4. Yeah. If you still have it on your PS4, uh, that's PS4 a very Pro valuable is PS4. What it's on. Yeah, it's still in there <laughs> in my little carrying bag. Like yes. I have a little bag I can carry the PS4 around pretty easily. I, I haven't even looked. I doubt there's such a thing for PS5. A little. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a two month gym membership, and then you can get the bag. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did. I purchased it during the Black Friday sale. I I will say. Great time to buy PS5 is right before the Black Friday PSN sale. Like mine arrived, and a week later, oh, Ratchet and Clank's fifty, uh, Village was low twenty years. Like I got all the great Returnal. I got on sale. Like, mm-hmm. I got all the great games for PS5 <laughs> on sale. Like Demon Souls, I got a nice discount. Like I got all of them. Like nice, yeah. No, it's there's there's some great stuff, and if you can get them on sale, that's even better. Um, Ironically, I think most of my other games that I really kind of stood out to me this year are on uh, PC or okay. Nintendo Switch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, Metroid Dread is the other one that oh, like yes. really fell in love with it. Are you on really the original or um, I'm on the Switch Lite, actually. Ooh. I haven't even played it on a TV. I'm just playing handheld on the yeah. cheapest, worst Switch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You <laughs> like the Lite. It's, it's so good. much fun. Yeah. It's so good. Um, the best thing I can say about it is um, at the start of the game, the like the there's an ai thing that just tell, tells you like where to go and it just says go up and that's like the only directional instruction the game ever gives you like it never tells you where to go next but like through like the level design and just like how like the systems work you just kind of figure out where to go and yeah. i always get lost in games like this i always get lost i never know where to go next i'm always stuck and i'm just like ugh, i quit um this one i don't know how they do it it's brilliant but like i always knew what to do i was always able to move forward like whenever i got stuck it was just a matter of like okay slow down look at the map like what can you do now what power did you just get that you can now go to these different places that you were stuck before it's such brilliant game design and it's so fun and like you just move around like it you just by the end of the game you're moving around like an absolute ninja like it's unbelievable it feels great it yeah. feels so good. <laughs> yeah, it does. So I, I really adore that game as as well. Like it's I I I, I, I just love it. <laughs> yeah, this is the game that finally got me into Metroid. I had tried Super mm. Metroid. I had tried some of the other Metroid games. I would always bounce because, as you said, you get lost. I don't know what the heck to do. Yeah. Metroid Dread, especially in that OLED Switch. Oh boy, is that beautiful? That thing. Yeah, and it's the OLED Switch. I'm going to be replaying like games like alien isolation on the thing just cause like, it's just going to look so good on that thing. Like, <laughs> um, it just looks mm-hmm. good. Um, but I will say this game got me into Metroid. So I, uh, it's my first Metroid game I've actually played and finished and I hundred percented it. I went, got all the collectibles wow. and my okay. thumbs felt like they were going to fall apart. I needed some guides <laughs> for how to do some of those moves. Cause mm-hmm. you'd spend an hour trying to get this one stupid thing. So you get to shine spark in some weird way. And I would spend an hour trying to master this ninja move. And oh boy, oh boy the satisfaction and just glees of excitement when I actually pulled it mm-hmm. off were like enthralling and just. Uh, yeah. And then. Uh, Absolutely. So I, yeah. So I. And then I, remember, I got a little worried when said, this is so difficult. And like the main story and campaign, I didn't find it like it was challenging, but fair. Mm-hmm. I thought it's like, okay, everything's being telegraphed as to what the boss is going to be doing. Um, seems like it's doable 
some bosses mm-hmm. I have to take on many, many times, but it always spits you right yeah. out right before the boss. So not mm-hmm. a big deal. Um, and the, you know, the final boss took me quite a bit of mastering, but once you <laughs> master the boss, it's amazing. Like now that final yeah. boss, I can just take on and not barely get hit. Cause I just know how to do it. Yep. That, that, that was the thing for me is I was like, Oh, like the, the bosses are, just destroying me like i don't know how i'm ever going to beat this thing and like i'm like oh i can hit him here and so like i'm trying to do like all my damage in like three seconds and i'm unleashing all my missiles at the same time and everything (laughs) and then it's like no you slow down you you see what they're gonna do you just avoid damage you should try to avoid damage as much as possible and you can you can dodge like everything that they're gonna throw at you and but and again like i like die 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 <laughs> and then you do it and you take like no damage and you're like oh <laughs> yeah but like it it's it definitely i would definitely say it's a hard game and there's like zero accessibility features which is right really not good but no. um it's definitely a challenging game but it's not impossible it's def- i wouldn't say it's on like the level of like a dark souls or that sort of thing where it's like trying to punish you it's it you just need to pay attention and slow down like that that would be my big thing is like, if you keep dying at something just like how can you do it slower that'd yeah. be my tip and most bosses have a way to heal yourself and get more missiles throughout the fight uh, most do, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. Um, so after beating this game, I went on a journey, Matt. I played through the entire Metroid series and then replayed Metroid Dread <laughs> to cap it off. Um, and what a journey that was. So I, I went back to um, Metroid Zero Mission through an emulator on my iPad, which is just, it was just That's beautiful on there. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, Samus Returns on my 3DS. I dusted that 3DS XL, the new 3DS XL off. I forget mm-hmm. how much I loved the 3D screen on the thing. That thing, it's just, it's cool tech. I, I missed it's it. It's cool tech. Yeah. It's still I, cool it, tech. It really is. Like, I missed the 3DS XL. That thing, thing is yeah. great. So I played that oh, one. I wonder if the next Switch will have 3 That'd be cool. That would well, be cool. anyway. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool. Um, so played, uh, that was the probably the longest of the Samus Returns, probably the longest one. But that's super enjoyable going back to 3DS and mm-hmm. kind of want to see what else I missed on that console because I have a bunch of those. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then after that, or wait, was Super Metroid? I forget. Super Metroid, I played that on my Switch. I think that was third. And then mm-hmm. Metroid Fusion was another emulated game on the iPad. And that one was super enjoyable. That one was so like go here, do this, go here, do that, and so different from all the other Metroids. It's kind of interesting. Like It felt like, so Samus Returns and then um, Metroid uh, Fusion were just kind of outliers of the Metroid being totally different in wacky games. And mm-hmm. like 1, 3, 5 are like the standard Metroids. Um, it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize until playing all these games, like one of my favorite film franchises is, is Alien. And oh boy, are there so many Alien references and vibes <laughs> in this game especially metroid fusion it, okay and like met samus returns is basically aliens where you're going to their planet and just destroying all of the metroids like you're destroying all the aliens like it mm-hmm. has a lot of parallels to that franchise in really cool ways which i just appreciate um and then as i was playing all these games i was getting references from dread it's like oh that boss that's a dread oh that's the origins of that guy and it was fun to see all the references and the story kind of shape up and like connect okay. to the final part so that was fun to just like experience the story journey and the cool gotcha. thing about metroid, that's probably the way to yeah 
Okay. I, that, that's that's probably the way to go for the story because I always forget the story of Metroid games. Like I remember yeah. the game and I enjoy them and everything, but like the story has never been a factor for me in any of them. No, um, that's not the main draw. And then, yeah. So like this one, I'm like, I started the game and I was like, should I know who this character is? Are they a character? Do they have a name? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just here for the for the shooting and the, the boss fights and all that yeah. stuff. And then, yeah. And then there is a prologue thing that opens up Dread to kind of catch you up. So it was like kind of interesting mm-hmm. to see that stuff play out in the, the games themselves. And the cool thing yeah. about Metroid is they're not long games. Like you could play through all of them. Pretty, like each game maybe in six hours a piece except for Returns, which is probably like 12 or yeah. more. Um, but they're all pretty – as far as games go, I, I could play a single game for much longer than the entirety of this franchise. <laughs> um, but I will say I got my Switch email from Nintendo and um, – so I played 147 hours of Switch this year. Uh, 47 of those hours was in Dread, doing that 100%, and then second play. Wow. So for a game that you can finish in like 10 hours, I spent almost 50 hours. You got your money's worth. I did. <laughs> um, and I haven't even done the new game plus the hard difficulty, because I wanted to do the second playthrough just like as Oof. like a master. As like, oh, let me mm-hmm. just go through. Yeah, yeah, epic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's that's how I, I like to play too. Like my second playthrough isn't like let's not make this harder. Let's let's <laughs> make me feel like a, a god just going through this yeah. world. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the other stuff I played on Switch was Skyward Sword, forty one hours. I'm just about at the finish. I I've got like a couple more things to do there. I played fourteen hours of Mario Golf Super Rush as well. Okay. I also Ooh. played a mm-hmm. bit of Bowser's Fury. Didn't finish that. Brilliant Diamond for Pokemon. New Pokemon Snap. All those were very enjoyable. Very good games. And then Tetris mm-hmm. Connected, I got for my OLED Switch. And that is a beautiful game on that console. Um, with all the yeah, that's that's colors. that's a great, great Tetris game. Uh, I'm trying to find this I'm trying to find this email to see if I got this. Do you know when you got this from Nintendo? It was a while ago. And there's a login you can go to to check your own status. Um, Switch... Uh, it's switch.nintendo.com slash year dash in dash review is the URL. Check out like your year in review and that'll pull up everything. There it is. Okay. It's kind of amazing. Like it shows my OLED switch in white as like the image because it knows that's my current console, which I find just a nice touch. Nice. Let's does it show see. a switch light in your case? Does it like... Does it shows it... me an OLED switch. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was I didn't want to tell you. Oh, that's, that's a shame. I wish it did that. That'd be cool. Let's see. Um, let's see. I logged 101 hours on Switch okay. this year. So actually not much. Yeah. Let's see. Um, my top game was Metroid Dread. I played 14 hours. Nice. And then uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond after that and Mario Golf after that. So Yeah, the Mario Golf was fun. A bit short. Campaign had some struggles of jumping where I couldn't get to. That was a bit of a, a aggravation, I should say. Yeah. 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 Mario, that... that it could have been I'm, better. I'm, it's not the... It could have been a lot better. Yes, it could have been. Uh, <laughs> but this is to talk about the things that we liked this year, not the things yes. that disappointed. So the very last game I played on my PS4 Pro was Life is Strange True Colors. And I've enjoyed Ooh, all the Life is like Strange it? games. And this one was okay. especially good. The great story, great you know mechanics, and just um, more open of a world than the previous ones. We were able to explore the town a bit and meet these characters and yeah it's i like i'm a i'm a sucker for like telltale games and like narrative stuff where it's not too stressful you're just mm-hmm. like enjoying this kind of movie which is interactive and yeah mm-hmm. life strange colors super good 
super good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one that I, I, I need to get to. Yeah. I need to get to even, uh, my wife was like, I'd like to watch you play that one. So <laughs> yeah. no, it's cool. That's it's, a good sign. Yeah. It deals with a lot of like issues of the heart, you know? Okay. <laughs> and, um, PS five stuff I've been getting into, um, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I finished and really, really enjoyed just how the game plays and feels the uh haptics on this console are wild i must say Um, yeah they really are it's 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 really i didn't think i'd enjoy it as much as i do but it's really really good um the astros playroom game as well yes is (laughs) and like the speaker on this dual sense actually sounds good the ps4 one sounded like crap this one actually has pretty good fidelity with the speaker on that controller which it's just interesting. That, yeah, it's you know. it's pretty decent. I assume most games will stop using it eventually, but probably <laughs> right now. Yeah, I have um, to remember to turn it off if I'm like in a room with somebody. It's like with headphones on or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not to go back to Madden, but uh, in Madden 2022, uh, it uses the speaker to like have the like the, uh, to do like just random things. Um, but there's no setting to turn it off. Ah. So like I have the TV muted, and it's just like like the tackle. I think sound effects go through it, so like it's totally muted. And then I just hear out of my controller, like, <laughs> why? Someone uh, reviewing, reviewing Astros did an experience of like turning off the TV and just experiencing the game through the controller and said that was a kind of interesting experience to, because it's hmm. used so much in cool ways. Um, interesting. That, yeah. Um, you can tr- control the controller sound output within like the, um, the quick bar thing yeah um which yep. i'm still learning the ui of this this console it's a bit different yeah there's there's like two menus they're, they're different but similar it's yeah it's a little strange but you you, you yeah, figure you it out eventually it. yeah <laughs> you do but astros is so good i was just getting so much joy especially that final boss in that game um mm-hmm. i kind of thought they would do five stages of this boss uh to progressively go through the generations but uh that did not happen but still great Still great. Um, Still yes. great. <laughs> but yeah, the haptics are, are wild. So the triggers where you're having like a single button kind of act as two buttons is wild to me. Like uh, I thought it was could be a gimmick, but it seems like they've nailed it. And so Nintendo kind of started this. They don't have the triggers uh, like PlayStation does. It feels mm-hmm. like Xbox should do this so everybody can use the same kind of haptic stuff across all the platforms. Like I hope they do that at some point and rip off Sony and Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, and like the resistive triggers, like that should be like that's great yeah. as well. Like, yeah, there's like uh, I play some racing games, and like the the brake is like harder to press, like at higher yeah. speeds, and like you just like it's it's just it's little. I can't things, wait but for Gran Turismo cool. to take advantage of that controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's gonna be great. <laughs> like on the Switch, you feel the stuff, but there's so many more motors in the Dual Sense where it's just like you're you can feel it going across the controller in mm-hmm. just very cool ways. Um, yes. Returnal is the game I am obsessed with right now. This, uh, as I mentioned, I'm a big fan of the Alien franchise. All sorts of Alien uh, vibes in this game as well. Uh, This is one of those (laughs) loop games, uh, those rogue rogue games where she crash, Selena crash lands on this planet and she realizes, oh, that's my dead body over there. And I've been through this before. And she's trying to find the source of the signal. The combat feels just amazing. It feels like, you know, Destiny, but better as far as the gunplay and just how everything feels. Mm-hmm. The dual sense is fully taken advantage of um, in really cool ways. Like, it just feels great to play when you, like, successfully do, like, an overload thing. It uses the speaker 
on the controller to say you got a reload earlier than normal. Um, nice. <laughs> the challenge, it's like much harder than Metroid Dread, and I've put in some long runs and get wiped out by this boss. Mm-hmm. And just, ah! <laughs> just put it down for a little bit, but when you... Like, I was uh, doing my heart... After I beat, I beat two of the bosses so far, and I could feel my heart rate jumping, and by the end, I'd pull up my Apple Watch, and the first boss say, the Apple was Watch. like 114 <laughs> beats per minute at the end of the first boss. The second boss wow. was like 130 beats just sitting there, just like uh, in, in this super intense moment, and um, I was wondering why it didn't alert me that I should uh, check my health, because I have it set to 120, I think. <laughs> Uh huh. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's good for me getting my heart rate moving that way, but um, this game certainly gets uh, the blood moving. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a game that really takes advantage of the PS5 if you want to show piece. Yeah. 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 It's built for PS5. It's beautiful. Like this game is stunning. Um, mm-hmm. It does the thing where you can hold the trigger halfway uh, to do zoom or the full way to do like your secondary weapon, and that's been cool. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, the vibrations are just great. Um, SSD is amazing how fast everything is. Um, so I've been I've died like sixty or seventy times leading up to this third boss. And this latest run, I'm doing a thing because I guess this isn't uh, game in two acts. Once you get through the third boss, you're then brought to fourth uh, area or level, and that's where you'll restart from then on out. So this latest run, I probably put in twenty or thirty hours and trying to get through this um, first act. I'm doing the thing where they added a feature where you can save, um, sort of. You can suspend your cycle, and if you reopen the game, you'll go back to that point. Um, so I I have the feature on for this game where you can upload your save data to PSN, and mm-hmm. I've been taking advantage of that in this latest run because I figure 30 hours in, I just want to get through Act 1, then I'll play the game as... It should for the next run until mm-hmm. I hit another point 30 hours in where it's like, okay, sure. enough of this. <laughs> um, and I'm having a super great run with this method because I'm able to get super maximum health this way. Um, and uh, But I should say the SSD makes this so much better because everything just – you can close out the game, upload it, download it, reopen the game from nothing, and you're back in the game with you know, mm-hmm. in 10, 15 seconds as you're up and running again. Like the SSD – is like just so transformative to how games can uh, be experienced. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically all the games that were built for the PS5 have, in my experience at least, have effectively no load times. For yeah, we're back to the everything. cartridge days. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <It only laughs> the best us. part and maybe only good part of cartridges. <laughs> right, yeah. And, um, yeah, super fast. I, I've also been loving the little activity cards. So like... I've been replaying Miles Morales. I played it on PS4, but I'm replaying it again on mm-hmm. PS5. And, oh, the reflections of the windows are so beautiful. Um, but uh, <laughs> the cards are really informative. It's, oh, it's like, oh, 15 minutes to do this story mission you're on. Okay, I can finish that versus, oh, it says 45 minutes. No, let me not do that. Um, Ratchet and Clank had that same thing where it's like, oh, this will take you X number of time. And that's been super handy. Um mm-hmm. In an Astro's Playroom, I used the cards to help hunt down some trophies. I was missing a couple of the artifacts and had little videos helping you out a little bit. So it's kind of cool having those cards and kind of helping you out throughout your journey. Yeah, I've I've definitely used the um, in Ratchet and Clank. I remember using the like you have 
like 17 minutes left most likely in this yeah. segment and i was like that is a great thing to know it really like, is in 17 like, minutes i'll have a good save point yeah because <laughs> otherwise you have no idea what 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 to expect mm-hmm. like when should i put the controller down like when's a good time and yeah. like that's yeah that's that's great yeah you, you, did you enjoy ratchet and clank yeah i i dig i i dug it um it's a series that i i think i i like i never i never quite love it but like it's a gorgeous game it's a showpiece like it was one of the first things I installed after I got the PS5 because I just wanted to like, you know, you buy a new console and you just want to yeah. like feel the upgrade and that right. game really does that. <laughs> it's so beautiful, that game. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's gorgeous. The animations are wonderful. Um, and yeah, obviously they're just like really leaning into the SSD and the let's just load a million worlds all at once and you can bounce between whatever ones you like. We don't care. That lightning gun was phenomenal. That was... Mm-hmm. I, all, their weapons are they're, they're great. great. <laughs> that was a great one. Yeah, trying to think what else. I, I picked up a lot of other games that I haven't touched them yet. Um, it's funny, like Returnal, I've spent so much time and I could have like oh, I could have finished that. I have Guardians of the Galaxy on SSD waiting for me. It's like... Mm. I've yeah, heard good just, things about that one too. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, the um the little game that I want to kind of shout out uh, is uh, it's available on the iPhone, um, but also like like PlayStation and Switch and X- mm-hmm. like it's available everywhere. Um, it's called Overboard, um, okay. and it's a adventure game, like an old school like text based adventure game, uh, where you're just going. You're you're basically playing a woman who just murdered her husband on a boat. The boat is about a day away from new york city um and by the time and you need to somehow in the time between now like and then when you arrive at new york convince people on the boat that you didn't do it (laughs) that you're innocent um and it's all just like conversations with people it's moving to the right rooms at the right time to talk to people and give them the information that you need to give them um it's really really clever and it's also a time loop game so you kind of like Like you get to the end and it's like, oh, you're guilty and you go to jail or like, oh, you tricked them all and you got away with the like the money. And like it, there's like so many ways it can go. Um, and the the most horrifying thing was I let my wife play it once after I had struggled with it a few times um, and she succeeded immediately. So That's she's much better at getting away with murder. Murder. Yes. Than I would be. Not yeah. You learn about it. <laughs> yeah. But. So but it's really, really good. It's like five bucks on the iPhone, I think, um, which is where I'm playing it. And it's super fun super fun game um even if you don't like the sort of like little thing like um it's mostly conversations but there's also like would you like to push this person over the uh side of the boat as well (laughs) like (laughs) oh god that's so it's a it's it's a little game any any what other platform uh it's on everything basically okay iphone switch playstation whatever you want yeah Um, but it's it's i think cheapest on the iphone it works great on the iphone and ipad so um, you're just like tapping uh, text choices most of the time, so it's it's cool. pretty easy to play. Yeah, I Alien Isolation is also on iOS now. I kind of want to try that on my iPad Pro with OLED, oh, with mm. the mini LED, because that would look beautiful. I hear it's like it's like a ten or twenty gigabyte download. It's crazy. I hear it's really well done there. <laughs> you need a big, mm-hmm. need a big amount of storage for it. Yeah, um, that reminds me of a uh, Divinity Original Sin Two is on the iPad, and that's like a massive PC yeah. game, and it's just like. I I, have, I didn't even play much of it, but like I loved it on PC, um, and I installed it, and like yeah, this is the whole game. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just like really impressive to see it running on the iPad, and like with mouse and keyboard controls, if you have the magic keyboard or a mouse like yeah, synced yeah. up and everything, like it's like this is like an actual PC game. <laughs> this is very <laughs> weird. So on PS5, I've been doing a lot of remote play, and I started by just doing it 
DualSense paired to my uh, iPad Pro. And a lot of the features do carry over. You get the haptics and stuff, but it seems like a couple things weren't 100% there. So I did this thing where I enabled the remote play for secondary accounts in the PlayStation. And um, when you connect to it, then you turn on the controller, uh, which is talking locally to the PS5 in the same room. Um, so it's getting them the, all the native PS5 stuff. And then you assign the controller to your main account. And then you're off to the gates and on your main account using the DualSense pair to the PS5 instead of your iPad. And um, there's this little trick where you have to change the... Um, con- so it'll say... When you do this, though, it'll say remote play enabled or something as a banner at the very top. So the trick I learned on Reddit was you have to go into system um, uh, like settings for console language and change it. So I switch between English United Kingdom and English United States. And once you do that switch, it'll get rid of that banner and everything's as huh. it should be. So um, that's a little uh, trick for those that want okay. to use the DualSense paired to their console. Because the other annoying thing is once you pair the DualSense to your iPad, it's no longer paired to your PlayStation. So yeah, uh, it, I, it's like on my Christmas list is a second DualSense just so I don't have to repair it um, when I have that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I use the Remote Play app too, and I have a second DualSense controller, um, which I bought actually last November because I guess it was the only PlayStation thing I could buy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's paired with my iPad, but you're right, it does rumble, but it doesn't do any of the like adaptive triggers or speaker things yeah. or anything. Yeah, which is a shame. And um, also, 3D audio doesn't work, I don't think. It'll just do stereo output, which it sounds mm. like... It's also it's which is fine in some situations. Like it's nice just to be able to have like my AirPods on, like AirPods Max on, connect to the iPad. Uh, I wish Overcast had a feature where I could mix Overcast as far as how loud it was, so I could have it okay because because it'll get both audio sources. You'll get Overcast playing on the iPad alongside your game. I just wish there was a way to mix Overcast to make it softer or louder. Yeah, There's no way to do that. They're both like full volume or something. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool if they could yeah. have that little feature. I don't know. If yeah, this is. I have the exact same problem actually, um, because I'm using. I have HomePods as my like TV speakers. Yeah, and they're like paired to the Apple TV, and they're using like that new thing that's in TVOS 15, the, the where you can thing, like use yeah. it. To, yeah, the Arc thing. So like, I'm getting my PS5 audio through the HomePods. Does that work pretty? But well? I also it works pretty well. There's a slight delay, but it turns yeah. out in games you don't really notice it. Right. You're not looking. <laughs> um, it's not really an issue, so it's worked totally fine for me. Um, but I do have the same issue is like, oh, I'd like to like play this game, like a, a racing game or something where the audio doesn't really matter as much. And I want to listen to a podcast at the same time. And I want to yeah. airplay that to the HomePod. But the 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 game and the audio is going to be the same volume. <laughs> so so one thing I feel kind of weird about doing, but often when I'm home alone, I will have the AirPods Max on my head connected to my iPhone in transparency mode. And transparency mode is so good on the airpods max that i will be listening to my game through the tv speakers concurrently to airpods max listening to a podcast uh at a certain (laughs) volume and that's a surprisingly great experience because transparency mode is so good uh that would work yeah (laughs) i'll give that a shot because it's weird like but it's great same time okay Okay, that's out, that's outside the box thinking, but it might work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that transparency mode and those maxes are, are great. Yeah, um, I 
I did touch on Final Fantasy VII Remake this year. I want to get back into that since we get the free upgrade, I guess, uh, today. Um, but I think that's it as far as PS5 stuff that I've been into in gaming in general. Anything else you want to touch on here? Um, no, I think I, I played a bunch of games this year, but I think we hit the ones that I really, really loved. Cool. So let's wrap up um, with movies. Not a lot to say here, I don't think. Um just a couple of movies hit uh, this year for me. Uh, Fast 9 was my first movie theater experience uh, of the year. And that was a cool one to have in theaters. Congratulations. <laughs> and then right after that hit, we had another big surge. And I haven't been able to go back uh-huh. since. So. Yep. <laughs> my one light. Yep. That was my moment to experience theaters for a second. Very nice. Yes. I saw one movie in theaters. It was Dune. Um, that was the one that got me back. Um, yeah. That's the only one I've seen since then. And every everyone since I'm like, only in theaters, I'll wait. It's fine. <laughs> right. It's, Spider-Man is killing me right now. I so want to see that, but I'm not allowed to go. So I have to wait the whatever 90 days to see that. Um, I'm mm-hmm. glad the window's shorter than it used to be, but still it's, I have to avoid podcasts. They're talking. <laughs> it's like, yep. It's yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> no Time to Die. Remarkable film. I saw that in, uh, PSVR um, is my way of watching that one at home. Mm-hmm. So good. Such a good wrap-up to uh, the Daniel Craig era. Um, did you check that out one yet? Out? Um, no, I haven't seen... Um, I actually haven't seen a Bond movie since Casino Royale. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm way, I'm way behind. I'm just yeah, yeah. I'm cripplingly behind. So I'm just waiting for the new Bond, I think, to come around so I yeah, can yeah. start over. <laughs> uh, what else? Is... I just want to mention the Snyder Cut came out this year. That was wild. And... Um, uh, iPad's a great place to watch it with being a four by three movie. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I um I, I watched uh Spencer, which is a movie about Princess Diana. Okay. Um which but it's not like a typical biopic or anything. Like it's very like a focused story about a very like small amount of time and like it's a pressure cooker of a movie. It's just like super tense and it's, it's more of it. Oh, it's so good. It's really, really well done. I think it was shot on like 16 millimeter film and like it was, it's it just really, came out really to well like done. iTunes, right? Right. I think I saw it. It on did. The banner. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. So I think it's one of the, it's like a $20 rental, but I was really looking forward to that one. And it, it delivered. Um, not usually into like stories about royalty or anything, but yeah. like this is a different, this is a different thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other one I want to mention, uh, Last Duel by Ridley Scott. So Ridley Scott is my favorite director. Did uh, directed Alien, my favorite franchises. <laughs> um, <Yep>. Blade Runner, <laughs> Gladiator, um, Dolman Louise. Uh, he's done a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And so Last Duel, it kind of to me seems like part of a trilogy to me. It's like glad. It's like a historical fiction or historical nonfiction dramatization. So mm-hmm. like. Um, it's done in three acts, you know, uh, it's basically about a woman that gets raped, a pretty serious topic. Uh, it's shown the same series of events is shown from three points of view, her husband's, the attacker and hers. And mm-hmm. it's just super well done. This is like Ridley Scott at his best. Like, um, so kingdom of heaven director's cut. I'm not sure if you've seen that. Uh, it's like this. I have. Yeah. Isn't that so? It's like the character development in this is like up there with that as far as like you truly care about these characters by the end and like you're learning about this this world they're in and um the three act structure is kind of kind of fun cuz it's like 
here it just says like act one or whatever it, it like literally has hard breaks where they literally have like title cards yeah title cards yeah <laughs> okay. so you could watch this in three nights if you want to i watched it in one go but you could like say it's like a two and a half hour movie so you could watch it in three goes if you wanted to um yeah like i think in the future like i'll have like a gladiator then kingdom of heaven then last duel kind of trilogy <laughs> kind of like experience mm-hmm. where i go through all three of those kind of back to back because they all feel very connected and like as a piece and it seems like Ridley Scott won't get many more opportunities to do these kind of big historical very high budgets yeah. and this might be the last one of those and that makes me sad yeah they're just they're they're not in fashion anymore so I heard it kind of bombed at the box office yeah I don't know if COVID was anything to blame with like it seems like only Marvel uh, gets theaters moving so I don't know if that was to blame at all but they had, the theaters run did not do well which is sad yeah and I think was it theaters only for a bit or is it it's now you okay. now buy it um, on iTunes and stuff. And okay, iTunes. okay. I I need to check that out because yeah, I gl- I enjoyed Gladiator, love Kingdom of Heaven, the director's cut specifically. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes, much different um, film. Uh, yes, much shockingly different film. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, this is definitely on my radar. But yeah, it was only in theaters originally, and then I just was like, well, I'll catch it whenever it comes out. So if it's yeah. out, then. It's something I should do on my. Uh, it's on amazing. He had two movies come out back to back this year. Last Gucci, I haven't seen because it's still theater only. Um, mm-hmm. Which yeah. I heard is good, but not as good as Last Duel. Last Duel, I heard. Yeah, uh, and I saw it and loved it, and have seen it uh, twice now. <laughs> Last thing, uh, Matrix Resurrections. Um, I just finished watching this before we start recording. Yeah, I loved it. I had a smile <laughs> in my mouth uh, many times, where I just like lit up in glee. Earlier this month, I did a rewatch of the trilogy. That was a cool experience. And how mm-hmm. it recontextualizes that trilogy is just a lot of fun. Um, I don't know what other non-spoiler stuff we want to talk about before we dive into some spoiler chat to wrap up the episode. Um, I will say I love the first Matrix. It's one of my like quintessential films growing up. Yeah. Um, the second and third ones, I don't love as much. But I, I would say I'm more on the defender side of them. I think yeah, they're better than they get credit for i didn't love this movie <laughs> okay okay um i really thought it was it 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 just it i i absolutely appreciate and again without getting into spoilers yeah. i appreciate that they it is not just another movie of the same thing they did a different thing yeah i'm just not i just didn't enjoy it as much okay um as i was hoping i would i went in with like a very open mind like i wanted to love this movie and everything love the wachowskis um basically everything they've done um which again they in general i think get a bad rap even though uh right even like jupiter ascending has like things that are pretty great about it. oh for sure (laughs) just didn't didn't love it on on my my first watch but now i kind of i want to watch it again and see what i think about it kind of knowing what it is um yeah what were your expectations going to this thing because i didn't watch any trailers or i didn't see anything about this all i watched was the original trailer that's kind of like the first trailer that actually showed like footage from the film and then i kind of went on a media blackout and had no idea what it was going to be what the trailer showed what kind of idea did it give you for the movie it showed mostly the early movie stuff Mm -hmm. with like uh neo is kind of like living a life in the matrix and Neil Patrick Harris is his therapist and yeah. um it's he's just kind of listless and doesn't 
is just not you know we don't we don't we don't don't know what's going on with him and then there's some vague action shots that they just show on screen briefly <laughs> gotcha gotcha okay yeah i want to rewatch the, i want to watch uh the trailers the first time that we're saying yeah but yeah sure. i think rewatching it with knowing what it is because let's get in the spoilers so right from here on sure. out we're gonna let's spoil go. the matrix it's on hbo max right now you can watch it uh spoiler right horn blows right now yeah. yes <laughs> so it's kind of wild like they just video games right they just like said original trilogy what you saw that's a video game but you know it actually happened um it was kind of both um in this mm-hmm. new in this new version of the matrix mm-hmm. and like oh neil patrick's is the new architect and this guy is much worse than that old architect we had mm-hmm. yeah it was this might be the most meta movie i have seen in a long long time yeah like there's a lot of like <laughs> they never actually like stare at the camera and like say this is a movie. Those were movies, but we're we know that those were movies. Like, yeah, but they get real like, close the to new it. New Morpheus is like playing the movie behind them. Or yeah, seeds is like wild. Yeah, and and like the one like one of the opening scene is like the literal like uh, the same. They're recreating the opening scene of the first Matrix, but yeah. there's like people in it watching it happen. Like and music is lining up, like the end credit music and the actual ending of the movie. It's like. Oh, both of them are flying away. The, the the same music hits, and yeah, it blew my mind that like I thought, oh, Trinity's the one now, but then at the very end they both fly, so it's like they're both the one, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's so it's it's so hard to talk about, but it's like <sighs> I also thought they needed to be by the Earth's core because it's still warm. I guess that doesn't they figured out a way to stay warm higher up. Um, with this new city i do need to rewatch it just to hear those explanations again about how they started the cities and there was a lot of explanations that i would benefit from hearing again um it was kind of, it was fun to see the characters like 20 years later whatever it's been the little girl mm-hmm. uh dolled and um yeah naomi yeah as uh that elder now and it's yeah it's kind of wild to see just the different characters i need to Get like freeze frame or have uh, some YouTube video watching of the um all the characters they fought with when they came back that were like mm-hmm. callbacks. Yeah. yeah, and like is was there was one guy in um there's a uh, there's a the fight scene with like agent agent the the new agent Smith yeah. um where there's like these like did they call them bugs um kind of like perched around them and there's like one guy yelling in like French and he like is that is that the Merovingian yeah. from Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. That's who that is. It like wasn't landing. I was like, who is this guy? Is that the guy that like Neo like took the body of? And, but no, it was, it it was, was the first dude that was very kept and clean and now is 180 from that. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's, he's a mess. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I love the moment when Trinity was like, "Stop calling me that. That's not my name." <laughs> like mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that was great. And yeah, that was pretty, kids that was to pretty like, good. Like, entice her to like leave. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, she's a mom. She's gonna like be drawn away from you, Neo right now, and she, mm-hmm. she snapped out of it. I love that moment. Yeah, she's just like immediately like, oh, you guys mean nothing to me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> this is all an illusion. Yeah, it was. I I definitely need to watch it again. Um, I feel like I didn't. I don't know. It just something didn't connect with me. I kind of. This is a weird thing, but like. Um, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Um, which is a totally different movie. Totally different. But I watched it the first time. Didn't really like it. <laughs> okay. Which is an unusual reaction to Yeah, that movie, that's because that's just like great. an adrenaline rush from start to end. Yeah. Um, 
I rewatched it again like a year or two later and loved it. Yeah. So I'm wondering how much of this is just like the mood I was in, even though I was like amped up to watch it. Like I was ready to like whatever it was. I was like, bring me weird Wachowski. Um, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Did you see the uh, post credits? I did. Scene yes. in it? Okay. Honestly, the, I think I knocked a star off the review for that. <laughs> the postcard wasn't great. Um, the I love the joke of Warner Brothers, our parent company, is making us make a fourth I Matrix. Know. That was great. I was like, how true is that? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was that like, was like literally, were they like, we're making a Matrix? Are you going to do it or no? Because we're doing it no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> but like... Yeah, that's that's very very meta. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to see what game uh, Neo was designing there um, on his computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like there's like modals. I think they were calling them. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure what those were exactly. Um, I'm pretty into computers, and but I didn't know what that meant exactly. Like, yeah, it's not a modal pop up that he was designing. It was something else. <laughs> right. They love the um, power of like force pushing things, and that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Do you think they'll do Resurrections 2? Are they doing sequels to this, or is this one and done? Uh, I don't know. They kind of left think it open. One and done. They want to. They did. Yeah. They did for sure. As did the first Matrix. I kind of think it's a one and done. I mean, based on the yeah, the first Matrix could have been a one and done. Kind of had the same ending as the first one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, and I liked the machine human union in the cities and stuff, where like. Oh, we're working together, and this is how you change things. And I love the explanation of uh, how they reconstructed their bodies. Like, how does it even make sense that they're there? Neo and Trinity die. Yeah, that was cool. Kinda, yeah. Like the agent so, who came out and yeah. has like those little like nano bots that are like form a human thing, yep. like a thing that they can be in the physical world. That was kind of cool. I did. Yeah. I did like that. I want an action figure of that tiny robot on the ship. By the way, that thing looks very cute. Oh yeah, <laughs> a little fist bump at the end. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I think the thing that would have pushed this movie um, over the top for me is if it had like the Matrix always has like these just like iconic set piece things. Like in yeah. the first Matrix, they have like obviously like the bullet time stuff and the the bullet dodge and the the subway fight. Like there's all these things that are just like like iconic fight scenes. I like the like Reloaded has the freeway chase and. Mm-hmm. Um, the fight like in the Merovingians place um, and like that like fancy place where they're destroying all the artwork and everything yeah it's fantastic um, and then like it's it was I think the the thing that was kind of also interesting is like they're like flashing back moments of the original trilogy like throughout this entire film like yeah they reference a thing and then like they show it on screen and it's like, almost, almost to remind you like this is that person we're talking about so you're not completely lost yeah yeah but like for me, like in a, a weird way, much, it like though. it it drove home how iconic those things were, yeah. <laughs> and so it kind of like like put up to what I was seeing on screen. Like in this one, it I I, I felt I felt like I wasn't seeing something of the same. Um, like I wasn't going to remember this stuff as much. Yeah, it was heart wrenching. Um, at the beginning, Neo like drunk and like you know I'm gonna jump off this roof and then uh, yeah <laughs> later when he was powerless with the architect was the bullet coming towards trinity and him not be able to do anything it's like there were some moments that were just like whoo yeah so I, yeah so I, I i definitely just need to i need to rewatch it again yeah so i have like 30 days i think until it leaves hbo max so right yeah <laughs> yeah i will watch it again before it leaves hbo max and i think i'll come back on hbo max in like three months after that probably <laughs> um yeah, Mo- yeah. movie schedules are weird now yeah, it's so weird um yeah, anything else before we wrap it up? Um, I don't 
think I do. Um, we covered a lot of ground today. We did. This was a fun chat. I, I enjoyed <laughs> recapping our year and just having fun and enjoying, enjoying good content. It's a good, it's a good way to close out the year. I, I dig it. We didn't talk tech at no. all, almost. We got yeah. close. We got a little close. We did talk to some AirPods. And, AirPods, yeah. But we did good. For us, we did good. We did, yes. Um, so where can people check out your awesome videos? Yeah, uh, they can uh, check me out on YouTube as uh, the best place. Uh, I've got a channel called A Better Computer, and I typically do overviews of some of the what I think are the best apps out there for uh, the Mac, the iPad, the iPhone, um, other things sometimes, but mostly those. Uh, so productivity stuff and just kind of other just general things that'll help you use your computer better so that's the the best way to best place to find me these days cool deal well thanks matt really appreciate the time today this fun. thanks for having me well that was my conversation with matt all about entertainment in 2021 thank you for being a listener of ipad pros make sure to check out matt's channel a better computer and as a reminder you can support this podcast over patreon.com slash ipad pros or by subscribing to the show and apple podcasts I really do appreciate all the support of the show. Thank you so much if you currently or have in the past supported the show financially. With that, everyone have a wonderful New Year's, and I'll talk to everyone again in 2022. Thanks for listening.